Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. There is something that you, I, and everyone else listening has in common today, and that is disruption. In all of our lives, for sure, there is disruption that's taking place. Now, for sure, there are different degrees of disruption that are occurring. And if you would think with me for just a second on that scale of like one to 10, one being like very little disruption that's going on in your life, 10 being absolute disruption in your life, where would you be today? Now, let's do this together. Let's show the rest of the people in the room what our number would be. So just hold up that number of fingers of where you are at today. This is mine. So I'm thinking I'm at about a seven. There are times it feels like it's more than a seven that's in my life. But when I listen to the other things that are taking place in people's lives, I realize that as terrible as this is and feels to me, it could be a lot worse as well. If you feel comfortable, just put your number in the chat right now. Love to hear where you are at in this disruption factor that's going on. If you're a student, for sure your life's been disrupted. And where we could say, you know, boy, we understand what it's like. I really don't think that we fully can. You actually have to be a student right now going through what you're going through to understand just how great the disruption factor is that you feel in your life. If you're an upperclassman, you were looking forward to graduation, maybe prom, some other big events that were there, high school, um, college graduation, that, that number is just through the roof right now as well. For our teachers, you didn't start the year out thinking that you were going to end it this way. Your desire is to finish well, but you're going through all sorts of disruptions, the technology disruptions of trying to get the material and how can you help your students in the greatest way there. I think almost every area of work right now is experiencing disruption. If you've been laid off or furloughed, that's a big disruption. You may be working at home and there's all kinds of disruptions that are just going on around you there. It could be that you're still at your normal workplace, but there is nothing normal about what's going on and all the other disruptions are causing more disruptions there. We could talk about our social lives, but then we'd have to say like, what social life do we have going on right now? And think about this. If you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, it's been since 1971 that the Bucks have won a championship. I was a freshman in high school in 1971. This was the year for them, and it's all been disrupted. And so we step into a brand new series. We think a very timely series that we're calling Disrupted. One of the reasons I think it's going to be as important as it is for us is because of this. Disruption without creates disruption within. Let me say that again for us. Disruption without creates disruption within. There's a couple times I'm going to encourage you to take a note or two today. So if you can grab a piece of paper or if you want to take this on your phone. Let's say that together and then let me encourage you just to jot it down. Disruption without creates disruption within. I am feeling disruption 
to the very depths of my soul right now. As I know and as I'm hearing, so are so many of you. And to that end, I want to ask you to join with me in this prayer and then let's jump together into this series. Jesus, we pray that you would help us. I pray that you'd help each person through the feelings of disruption that are in their soul right now. And I pray that we will discover God in our disruption. Thank you. We pray this in, in your name, Jesus. Amen. We're going to start out with a disruption that was certainly very significant to Jesus. It involved his church. Now, you may not be um, into church right now, and if you're not, no problem. I do think today, though, there will be some things that really are interesting as well as extremely helpful. So I want to just encourage you just to follow along with us in this as, as well. If you happen to have a Bible nearby, if you can pull one up on your phone, I want to go back to the history of the church and see how this disruption happened. We're in Acts chapter 8. This is the history of the church, the book of Acts. In verse number 1, we start with these words. And Saul approved of their killing him. Now what's being referred to is Stephen, who was a Christian leader, had been taken out and he had just been stoned to death. Stoning was taking rocks bigger than the book I've got in my hands right now and hurling them at an individual, breaking the body until it gave up its life. It was a brutal form of killing a person. Now, listen to these words again with that understanding. And Saul approved of their killing him. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Think of it. One weekend, the church of Jerusalem was literally filled with people. Thousands and thousands of people, literally. And the next weekend, it was empty. Does that sound familiar? These words, but Paul began to destroy that word destroy there, original language carries the idea of ravage. If you've ever seen National Geographic, a pack of hyenas as they are attacking an animal, ravaging it, wild beasts attacking another animal, not a clean kill, but just this, you know, destroying of it that way. That's what was going on here. We've all heard of Adolf Hitler and the Holocaust. But it was Adolf Eichmann that was actually the architect and the spirit behind the Holocaust. Saul here has become the Adolf Eichmann against Christians. So when this occurred, it says all were scattered. It's so easy, even in reading these words of scripture, to kind of discount them in our minds. We could discount them this way. If you know how the story goes, 
you can discount it going like, well, I, I know how it's going to end. I know it's going to take place from this. The other way of discounting it is when we fail to actually put ourselves in the place of those that were going through this disruption in their lives. It wasn't an interruption. It was a complete disrupt, disrupting of their lives. So imagine with me, as you put yourself into one of these early Christian um, sandals, you have just heard that half of your small group has been arrested. And tomorrow, if they do not deny Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they will either be imprisoned for life or taken out and publicly, brutally executed. Think about that. Think about the social messaging that is just going out everywhere. And it's saying this. Whatever the platform that was there, it's like, run for your lives. Imagine. And it's so good that we're actually in the settings that we're in right now. Imagine that you have 30 minutes to be able to gather whatever it is that you can and that you're able to. And you are going to leave your home. You are going to leave your place of business. Probably never coming back there again. What would you do? What would you take with you? If you only had 30 minutes to gather it. Would you take one car or two cars? You're going to keep everybody together that way? Would you take your dog? If you're running for your life. I don't even think I got to ask about your cat, do I? You see, when we go back and contextualize this, we realize that with real people at a real event, at real time in real history, there was real disruption that we're observing. And that's going to bring us to our maxim. Our series maxim that I hope that you're going to write down as well is this. We're going to come back to it over and over and over again in the weeks to come. And that is, discover God in disruption. We need to discover God in disruption. Let me read the next verse. Verse 4 says, Those that had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. Now when you hear that word, when they've been scattered, this image comes to my mind right now of a seeded dandelion. Remember when they're white and you just blow on them and the seeds on a, on a breezy day, they just kind of take off and they go everywhere. That's what was happening. We get a chance to follow one of those seeds here in the book of Acts. And so if we just go ahead a little bit, chapter 11 and verse 19, we're going to read these words. Now, those who'd been scattered by the persecution, so what had just happened, those who'd been scattered, that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. So that's about 300 miles away, 300 miles by foot in those days. Different country now. And they went spreading the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. 
Let me give you just a couple quick FYIs about this church that was now beginning in the place of Antioch. This church is going to become one of the greatest churches of all times. The church at Antioch is going to become the epicenter for Christianity for the next three centuries. That's 300 years. It wasn't started in an easy place. But I want us to kind of be reminded of this. This church, this incredible church, is being started by unnamed individuals. In other words, it wasn't a high-powered leader. It wasn't an apostle or anybody else. It was just normal people that God used as they discovered him in the midst of their disruption. So I've got two takeaways for us for this weekend. I'm going to call it two take-to-hearts and then take into the weeks with us. The first of them is this. That God is with me, God is with us as I go into life's disruptions. Now that's, that's kind of like the fact. Understand that God is with me as I'm moving into disruptions. My life is being disrupted. That's the fact. But the blessing or the significance is this. That with God comes. Write that down. With God comes. If you've got God with you, then there is something that is going to be coming with God. We read in verse 21 that the Lord's hand was with them. Now the significance of this in scripture is really great because with the Lord's hand, it always carried with it two things. One, the presence of God, and two, the power of God. So God's presence and God's power. If we were to just take a moment right now and talk about, you can talk about this or chat back with us, think about what is it that disruption brings with it? With disruption comes, we would say, frustration, pain, difficulty, an imbalance. It may be for you anxiety. It may be hardship. There's a lot that comes with it. And our disruption has a tendency to want to push God out or maybe a better uh, word picture is this. It wants to overshadow God in our lives. It wants to displace God. And if we allow what disruption is bringing into our lives to disrupt God, then we're finding that disruption is kind of pushing out what God would have or bring to us that way. Disruption brings to us, as I said, it, in pain. It robs us of hope. Disruption brings within us this anxiety. It robs us of peace. But when I discover, when you begin to discover God in your disruption, with God comes hope. One of the things that I'm hearing over and over again is this sense of a lack of control and a lack of hope that's there. I love, 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 love these words. As God gives this self-revelation about himself in Romans chapter 15, verse number 13. Listen to this. May the God of hope 
Did you get it? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you get it? With God comes hope. And that hope can displace that which the disruption is bringing to us in our lives. It's not that it's not there, but the hope is what is being refilled into our lives. Think of it as a stream. Maybe just a little trickle that's coming into your life, or the more that you discover God, the more that hope is reflowing into your life. We could just go back to, to last weekend as far as an event, right? Easter. So in the crucifixion, that was, in, it was a disruption with a 10. I mean, a 10 plus disruption in the disciples' lives. Yet with the resurrection, when they discovered God in the resurrection, with God came a renewed hope and renewed understanding of what it is that they never even understood that God was doing in the disruption and could be taking place in their lives. The gospel reminds us of this. And our, the reason Fox River exists, we say our hardest people in our message is Jesus. This message of Jesus, that he was willing to do what we couldn't do for ourselves, to pay the price of our sins on the cross, in his resurrection, to show that God offers to us life and forgiveness, a new life, something that we didn't have before, something that we thought was impossible. If you haven't received Jesus yet, today I hope, I pray that you'll open your life up and put your faith and trust in him. If you have received him, then I want you to realize that the hand of God is with you. The presence of God is with you and with God's presence comes, say it with me, hope. And as Romans 15 said, and with God comes a joy and a peace that our circumstances go like, that just shouldn't be here, but it comes with God in our lives. A couple of the practical ways, just reminding yourself of the hand of God with you. Take some time each day just to pray. And to ask God, ask him to, to, to end this coronavirus and its effects. Let's pray for our medical workers. Let's pray for a spiritual enlightenment. Let's pray for the needs. Let's pray over the disruptions that are going on in our life, in our families' lives. Let's open up ourselves to what he wants to say to us. version is a great way to do that. You can get it on any one of your devices. In fact, use the verse of the day just to let God speak to you. If you're not in a group right now, we've got so many new online groups that have started. I just want to invite you because faith building friendships are going to remind you of the hand of God with you and all of the effects that come with it. The presence of God and the power of God. That is God is at work in our lives. God is helping us right now. So first, remember to take it to heart and then take it into the week that God is with us. Discover God in your disruption because with God comes, with God comes for sure hope. Second take to heart is this, that we are all carriers of something. The reason that we're in our shelter at homes or safer at home position right now is because COVID-19 is so contagious. 
You've got the contagious factor of, you know, just um, interacting with a person, you get too close to them, and what you got, they can get. You're a carrier of something. Everybody's a carrier of something. In fact, um, I, this video was shared with me this past week, and it, it's getting one. It's one just, it just made me smile. So um, it's really short, but check this out. Hello. A smile can be very contagious. You can catch it like the flu. Someone smiled at me today, and I started smiling too. When I went around the corner, this guy seen my grin. And when he started smiling, I knew I passed it on to him. Mm-hmm. Then I got to thinking just what a smile is worth. A smile like ours could travel all around the earth. So if you feel a smile coming on, don't keep it undetected. Smile at someone next to you, and we'll get the whole darn world infected. Ah, woo! <laughs> now, are, are you smiling a little bit about that as well? It, but it makes the point, right? That smile was contagious. I hope that you are not a carrier of the coronavirus. And I also hope that you're not a carrier of fear. I hope that you're not a carrier of anger. I hope that you're not a carrier of a hopelessness that's going on. But what you've got, realize, it's so easy to catch. I hope that you are a carrier of hope. And as we read here, I want to challenge you to be a carrier of good news. We saw that in Acts chapter um, 8, we see it again here in Acts chapter 11. The whole reason that the church of Antioch was started was because people went and they shared what it is that they had. If I were to ask you today, what is it that you have that is worth sharing? Check that out, right? What is it that you have now that is worth sharing? you had an open Bible and you looked down a little bit further, you'd read these words that they were called Christians first in Antioch. The first time the word Christian is used and the first way that it is used is here in Antioch. That word Christian means this. It means think Christ, then a hyphen, I-A-N, the suffix, means in you. So it's Christ in you. What they had was Jesus And it was contagious. People saw it. And the reason this church became what it became is because people wanted that as well. If I were to ask you, is the Jesus you're carrying something that you want other people to get? Judgmental, kind of a condemning, looking down on others, that is not something that is what other people want. That's not contagious. (laughs) If there's a weird Jesus thing going on, I mean, that's not contagious at all. But when you catch the true love that Jesus has, and that becomes contagious in your life, when you're willing to share the good news, you can share it online. You can invite other people just to join you in in a watch party. You can share this message and talk about it with others. You can just help your neighbors out right now, you know, in a safe way but in an intentional way as well. Think about, when was the last time you got to just to share Jesus, share the good news about God's love for somebody? That, my friend, is so contagious.
this past weekend. We experienced here in our food drive. We couldn't do a service, but we, we had a food drive that was here. And we had this stream of cars that were coming in with the food that was collected as well as the monies that, that came in as well. Do you know that we were able to supply the Waukesha area communities now with over 50 tons of food? And what I was catching was this spirit of generosity, this spirit of joy. It was just, it was a wonderful thing just to come up against. And it drew me to it. It was contagious. It's definitely worth catching. We, you, me, all of us, our lives are being disrupted. We are in disruption right now. And so, that being the case, I want you to discover God in your disruption. This week, remember, remember that God is with you in your life disruption. And with God comes, and put it at the very front of that, with God comes hope. We don't know how we're going to get through it. We don't know what the future holds. But we can be hopeful as we have God. Two, we're all carriers of something. What do we have that's worth catching? And to be intentional about that. Remember, disruption without, it creates disruption within. Next week, we want to talk about disruption in our homes. This week, I want to end with this prayer for us. To take to heart and to find God in our disruption and all that will come with it. So I invite you, would you pray with me now, please? God, we thank you that you are with us in our disruption. Not the cause of them, but with you, God, comes hope. And for those that need that right now, a renewed sense of hope, would you give that to them? For those that need joy, for those that need peace, Jesus, would you please make that real in their lives? Help us, please, Lord, to be intentional about that which we're carrying and for sure to be carriers of the good news. You love us. Jesus, you have died so that we could have life and life to the full. And for those right now, Jesus, that are ready to open themselves up to you, as they pray this simple prayer, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose again, and as best I understand, I come to you in repentance now, asking you to be my savior. And if that's your prayer, just tell them. Thank you for the saving grace that you are giving. And with all of us, God, may we experience your hand in our lives. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, amen. God bless everybody. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. 
Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.